RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Leading local banks raise their interest rates following the latest rate hike in the United States. The financial secretary denies receiving special treatment after he was allowed to attend the Financial Leaders Summit despite testing PCR positive for COVID. And the chief executive says Hong Kong is ready to help build closer ties between the Greater Bay Area and ASEAN. Leading local banks have raised their interest rates following the latest rate hike in the United States. HSBC, Hang Seng, Standard Chartered and Bank of China are raising their prime lending rates by 25 basis points. And their savings rates will go up by 12.5 or 25 basis points. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority warned the public about rising borrowing costs here. Financial Secretary Paul Chan said continuous US rate hikes will hit demand for Hong Kong exports. But he played down concerns about the city's economic growth after advanced government estimates showed GDP shrank 4.5% in the July-September quarter from a year ago. Yes, the economic situation has been challenging. But if we are able to put COVID-19 under control, if we are able to continue to have travelings between Hong Kong and the rest of the world, that would provide added impetus to our economic growth. Meanwhile, Paul Chan has denied receiving special treatment after he was allowed to attend the Financial Leaders Summit despite testing PCR positive for COVID. The Financial Secretary contracted the virus in Saudi Arabia and returned on Tuesday after giving a negative rapid test result. The government confirmed last night that Mr Chan's airport COVID test was positive but with a low viral load. He says health authorities have applied the same COVID rules to him as to other travellers. On arrival, I did a PCR test and then went home. This test and go policy also applies to every Hong Kong citizen coming back from overseas. The uh, health authority looked at my PCR test result, take into consideration the details of my health declaration, also take into to consideration the fact that I did not have any symptoms on arrival. They finally decide this is a case of recovery. A day after telling global financial leaders that this is the moment to invest here, Chief Executive John Lee has declared that Hong Kong's doors are open. He also said that it's ready to help build closer ties between the Great Bay Area and ASEAN cities. Maggie Ho reports. This time, Mr Lee was speaking at the Hong Kong ASEAN Summit. He noted that leading investors from all over the world had converged here for the Events and Fintech Week, saying this shows Hong Kong and its financial system remain strong, sure and enviably secure. We have been living in the eye of a pandemic for nearly three years now, and we know first ten, the extraordinary turbulence and the unprecedented chaos it has created for economies, businesses and communities all over the world, Hong Kong included. It may take a crystal ball to tell whether we are now living and working in a new normal or simply working to revitalize the old normal. But what I can tell you loud and clear is that Hong Kong is on stage again. We have our doors open. 
The chief executive said Hong Kong's judicial system, free trade, and its location within the Greater Bay will help it facilitate the connection between ASEAN countries and the GBA. Hong Kong remains the ASEAN community's critical partner in realizing the far-reaching opportunities offered by the fast-growing GBA and its combined GDP of nearly two trillion U.S. dollars. Mr. Lee said Hong Kong's good supply of talent is also helping it come back on stage, and he said the government's keen to bring in more professionals and companies to meet Hong Kong's strategic needs. Now the weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, sunny intervals during the day tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 22 and 25 degrees, moderate to fresh east to north easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, sunny intervals and one or two showers in the following couple of days. Temperature is currently 22 degrees and the humidity is 95%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The founder of a green group has welcomed the introduction of a recycling levy on glass bottles. Glass bottle manufacturers will be charged 98 cents for every one litre of bottle glass they produce from the second quarter of next year. This came after the legislature passed a government motion introducing a charging system for Hong Kong. The Environment and Ecology Minister Tse Chin Wan says it's a step forward in environmental protection and importers and suppliers of bottles can register for the scheme from the start of next year. But Edwin Lau from Green Earth says he's not sure the levy will create enough of an incentive for consumers to recycle the bottles. If the government wants to increase the recovery of these used glass bottles, you should have a deposit and return system so that when a consumer buys a bottle of wine, then they pay a deposit, no matter it's a 98 cents or anything over. Then this is clearly a deposit that's a value for the used glass, and the consumer will try to find ways to return the bottle. Financial Secretary says the authorities have been monitoring local market volatility and have found no cause for alarm despite last month's 15% plunge in the Hang Seng Index. Paul Chan said strong buffers have been built up here against turbulence as well as a war chest to defend the Hong Kong dollar, as Joanne Wong reports. In a speech on the final day of the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, Mr Chan touted Hong Kong as the best international financial centre, or IFC, in Asia. Hong Kong's stock market is vibrant, active, highly liquid, efficient and transparent, attracting investors from all over the world. We set clear rules for our markets, stringent requirements on the participants, maintain high transparency of its functioning, ensuring that policies and practices are implemented in a consistent and predictable manner. The FS acknowledged recent volatility, which saw the Hang Seng Index plunge more than 6% a week ago, but said the authorities have been monitoring local market movements daily for any risks and irregularities and have found no cause for concern. Aside from its regulatory and monitoring regime, Mr. Chan pointed out that Hong Kong has also built strong buffers for turbulence and a war chest to defend its currency. He told the investment summit that the local banking system had assets of 3. 3 trillion Hong Kong dollars as of the end of last year, and that the Monetary Authority also holds around 430 billion US dollars in foreign currency reserves. If you bet against Hong Kong dollar, you are bound to lose. Mr. Chan said he hoped he had inspired more trust in the SAR systems and markets. 
Hong Kong is an IFC with an internationally aligned regulatory regime, deep liquidity, quick transparency, and much resilience. With proper safeguards to protect investors, we are simply the best IFC in Asia. Financial Secretary Paul Chen ended that report by Joanne Wong. Health officials say more than 30 soil samples collected from service reservoirs in Samsoi Po have tested positive for the bacterium that causes melioidosis. They say they still haven't identified the cause of the outbreak in the area where 20 recent cases of the bacterial infection have been found. The epidemiological investigation found traces of the melioidosis bacterium in 38 of the 471 environmental samples collected in Samsoi Po. Speaking to reporters about the results, leading University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung said the risk of infection from the bacterium may have increased because of global warming. We believe it's related to global warming. Under global warming, the amount of the bacterium in the soil will increase, and this kind of bacterium can survive both low and high temperatures. So we have grounds to believe that with the temperature rising globally, the risk of melioidosis infections will be increased, along with the amount of bacterium in the soil. Total of 34 cases of melioidosis were reported in Hong Kong this year, among which 20 were found in Samsoi Po. Across the border, the National Health Commission says it's striving to control a sudden COVID outbreak as quickly as possible. First comments from the health authority since the 20th Communist Party Congress came as daily infections on the mainland rose above the 3,000 mark for the first time since mid-August and as cases rise across many major cities. Natalie Cheng reports. The Health Commission said China should unwaveringly stick to its zero-COVID policy as it reported 3,200 local infections on Wednesday. It said 531 of the cases were symptomatic and 2,669 were asymptomatic. Guangzhou reported 373 COVID infections, up from 326 on Tuesday, while new cases in Beijing fell fractionally to 31. A private sector business survey shows services activity contracted last month as the pandemic again hit businesses and consumption. China's luxury electric vehicle maker NIO has been the latest major firm affected by COVID restrictions after its suspended production at its plants in the eastern city of Hefei. On Wednesday, an industrial park in Zhengzhou that hosts an iPhone factory belonging to Foxconn announced a fresh COVID-19 lockdown. And on Monday, Shanghai Disney Resort abruptly shut its doors after its nap lockdown was imposed. Officials there said visitors were not allowed to leave until on-site testing yielded negative results. There has been a gun attack on Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan during a protest march. Eyewitnesses say he was shot in the leg when his convoy came under fire. He's not thought to be seriously injured. Several other people were also wounded. Mr Khan has been leading a week-long protest march towards the capital Islamabad to demand snap elections. BBC's Samara Hussein reports. Television footage shows a conscious Imran Khan with a bandage on his right leg being taken away in another vehicle. A member of parliament has confirmed the former prime minister was shot in the leg. His party says he is now somewhere safe, getting medical attention. The former prime minister has been leading a demonstration march for the last seven days, calling for new elections following his ouster from office back in April. The government has repeatedly said it will hold elections next year as planned. 
The United States has condemned attempts by North Korea to fire a long-range intercontinental ballistic missile towards Japan. The U.S. State Department called it a destabilizing test flight, though the missile is understood to have failed. Pyongyang also fired two short-range missiles. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. Three more missile tests, one possibly a long-range intercontinental ballistic missile, brings the total this year to more than 60, and once again raises questions about what the North Korean leader wants from all this sabre-rattling. This week's launches follow the largest ever joint exercise by the South Korean and U.S. air forces, intended as a deterrent, prompting bellicose threats from the North. The missiles could be a response to that. North Korea is also expected to conduct its eighth nuclear weapons test very soon, the first since the failed diplomacy between Kim Jong-un and former President Trump. The Bank of England has announced the biggest single rise in the UK's interest rate since 1989. It's gone up by three quarters of a percentage point to 3%. The bank has been under pressure to raise rates to help bring down inflation. The Bank of England also says Britain's economy will shrink for a sustained period. The BBC's Faisal Islam reports. The forecast showed that the UK faces a recession. We've heard that before, but not a recession of this length. A two-year recession is the fear expressed in the Bank of England's own forecast. That would actually be, if that came to pass, the longest recession on record. Now, let me be very clear about what this is and what this isn't. Not as deep as some of the recessions that we've seen in the past 10 or 20 years, but prolonged. Sport and Baseball's World Series is now a best-of-three affair. Houston's starting pitcher Christian Javier and the bullpen combined on just the second no-hitter in the history of the Fall Classic as the Astros blanked the Phillies 5-0 in Game 4 to even the series at two games each. The only other no-hitter in the World Series was a perfect game by Don Larson of the New York Yankees against the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1956. Astros catcher Christian Vasquez says after the Game 4 win there's he, that he's just happy to be part of baseball history. We have not finished the job here. Uh, I think it's a special moment. Obviously, it's a no-hitter. You know, it's two catchers in history to to make a uh, call a no-hitter. So, yeah, it's a very special day for, for us. And, and, you know, we're happy to get that dolly for, for everybody. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Leading local banks raise their interest rates following the latest rate hike in the United States. The Financial Secretary denies receiving special treatment after he was allowed to attend the Financial Leaders' Summit despite testing PCR positive for COVID. And the Chief Executive says Hong Kong is ready to help build closer ties between the Greater Bay Area and ASEAN cities. And that's the news from RTHK. It's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time Sorry we missed you yesterday, but we're back tonight with 45 minutes of music just to chill out and relax to music from a bygone era between now and midnight. If you'd like a song yourself, it's radiopeat at gmail if you want to be in touch. 
First one for you tonight is a classic song from none other than Buddy Holly. No true love was. 